This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me today in the studio are the Toledo Symphony's Director of Marketing, Vanessa Gardner. We also have with us Lisa Mayer-Lang, who is Artistic Director of Toledo Ballet and a Toledo Symphony Lab newbie. Hang on a second, I've, I've actually got a fanfare for you. We can break out into a little dance here. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. That was for you, our newbie, Natalie Frushauer. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. This is your very first time with Toledo Symphony Lab. I don't know whose idea it was to, to put you out here. <laughs> Vanessa's raising yeah. her hand. So if anything goes awry, you have Vanessa to blame, okay. right? Okay. You have a nickname worked out already, right? A nickname. Yeah, everybody who comes on the show has to have a nickname. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine's mine's Doug. Doug? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know mine. Yeah. Well, by the end of the podcast, our goal is to have a nickname for you, Natalie. Okay, Okay. sounds good. I hope I don't disappoint. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie Froschauer, you are business manager for the Toledo Ballet and Education, is that right, for ballet and education? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Let me bring up some, some music here. And let's get Natalie's story. Okay. Oh, that's nice. That sounds a little bit familiar. Go ahead and uh, give us a little bit of your background. Okay. I'm originally from Florida, um, and I actually just moved to Toledo about five years ago. Um, So I've been here for a while, but I was, uh, you know, working at home, had some kids, and I actually used to be a ballet dancer for most of my life. Excellent. Yeah. Ballet dancer. Yay! Did you did you, yeah. did you dance a nutcracker ever? Dance of in course, it? yeah. Yes. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Give me your nutcracker history. So, take it take uh, it back to the very first time you did it. Okay. I started out as a party girl in the party scene. No, your nutcracker history. Let's hear <laughs> let's hear about your dancing. Not your days in college. <laughs> yes. Uh, party scene <laughs> of the Nutcracker. Um, I've done um, Arabian, Spanish. I was Snow Queen. That was my favorite role, of course. Wow. Snow. Waltz of the Flowers, of course. And so I danced you, with you a. You did it all. Yeah, yeah. I danced with a few youth ballet companies down in Miami. So that yeah. was fun. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but coming here and working on the other side of the show is actually very fulfilling. I'm not so much a dancer anymore, but um, but it's nice to be able to still be close to it and and seeing how hard the girls work in the studio to, to make the production is really, it's really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that it makes your, the business side of your job uh, easier to do, having had this dance background or having to be able to live in that world of, of the people you're dealing with every day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think in any job, really, you know, living it, um, firsthand experience makes you better able to make decisions and um, structure, you know, your yeah. your work around the needs of the nature of what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you could come join us today. I've got a little soundboard here, so you'll get some okay. cheers. <laughs> You may get buzzed a few times, but it's all, you know, <laughs> all and, right, all and, right. and good sportsmanship here. Of course. So, Lisa Mayer-Lang, um, how's Natalie been doing? 
Incredible. Oh, and, uh, awesome. The more I find out about her every day, the more I just might have to grab her and bring her back into the Nutcracker oh, no. as a dancer. Yeah. You never know, Natalie. I wouldn't hate it. I'm yeah. not going to lie. No, I so. used to love performing. So, <laughs> Natalie, if you had to, to come on stage again and make a, a cameo appearance in Nutcracker, who, who would it be as? What you know, part would you choose? I would actually love to relive my role as the maid in the party scene. I did <laughs> the maid too. Are you kidding? Oh, this yeah, is good. Yeah. So yeah. full circle mm-hmm. sort yeah. of mm-hmm. coming in. That would be fun. I think that would be appropriate. <laughs> yes. Uh, well. <laughs> no more point shoes. Like <laughs> Never seen it. Yeah, no, definitely not. That's, yeah. that's a long time ago for me anyway. So uh, now Vanessa was last year, the first year that you were here when, when the Nutcracker was happening because it was virtual last year. That's right. As we yep. know. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now there's going to be an audience yep, we're as, back at the as well as streamed. Yep. Yeah. So is that exciting for you to think it, this in a way, this is sort of like your first big, yeah. you know, nutcracker. Yeah. We're watching, um, watching tickets fly off the <laughs> shelves. People are really excited and, um, you know, we're, we're anticipating full houses this weekend. So, um, yeah. It's going to be really fun. We're streaming Saturday evening and Sunday afternoon. So we have both casts um, that will be live streamed. So, yeah, it's very exciting. So Saturday evening at 7 o'clock, Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock p.m. And then there are other performances Friday through Sunday. It's at the Stranahan Theater. Uh, folks can check and see if there's still tickets yep. left there right might now. There might be a couple. Yeah, <laughs> just a couple. ToledoBallet.com is a good place to look. Also, you can call the box office at 419-246-8000. Lisa, talk a little bit about, um, you know, we mentioned that it's going to have a live audience again. I mean, are you, did you have to adjust your preparations for welcoming an, an audience back into the theater i mean how, how is that all working out logistically and, and and for you right um as far as rehearsing and casting and um you know all of the protocols that we're doing we're we're pretty much you know back to uh 2019 with masks um so that's that's the difference you know we're still rehearsing with masks and we're hoping that we can get the go ahead for um no masks, at least for our company dancers um, during the during the performances. So yeah. um, that we're still working on, um, but I believe that's going to happen. And pretty much, uh, we're back to full cast. Like last year, we went. Uh, I I did half cast, and we have two different casts. So you know, we're back to the full cast, and that's that's a big difference again uh, because last year was so different. Mm-hmm. But I am so thankful that we're back to a norm, a norm, or almost a norm. You know, with with my job as, uh, you know, rehearsing them and, and directing them. So yeah. it's really exciting. We're all, uh, and the dan- dancers are just so thrilled, of course, to know that they're th- going to have that live audience again. Well, I imagine, yeah, I imagine that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, How long do you spend, like, putting this show together? When did you have your auditions? When did you start thinking about... It's a long process, um, yeah. and and that's that is another thing with having Natalie here at the ballet now. Um, she understands that process because it's hard for people to understand how how dancers have to take so many months to prepare for for something like the Nutcracker. Um, we actually, because we had a fall show um, this year, we had auditions a little bit earlier than normal. It was late August, that last week of August. So then we started rehearsing um, right after our performance in the fall, so mid to late September. But it entails, you know, four days a week for these kids after taking their classes. 
and rehearsing for hours each evening because, you know, uh, especially the corps de ballet th- uh, pieces, to get everybody in sync and the arms correct and, and you know, the placement of, of their bodies and everything, is, it t- takes so long. That's, the, yeah. that's their instrument. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, pulling out a piece of music and, and playing it for the weekend. It's literally you're just trying <laughs> to get everybody in sync. And, and it's great. And they love it. And it, it's, it's what they do. And, and they're just so thrilled that we're going to be back in person this year. Well, yeah, and I think that people who don't go to the ballet that often don't necessarily realize the amount of, of work that, that goes into it, and especially a big show like this that has a lot of moving parts, and, uh, you know, you're adding more moving parts now that you're you're getting back in the theater with an audience. Um, there's a lot that, that goes into making the magic happen, and uh, we definitely look forward to that. Right. Um, I, I do have a quiz, and... You know, when I was talking with Vanessa about this, uh, <laughs> she opined that we didn't want to, you know, get too into the Nutcracker ballet world. That because is not true. <laughs> <laughs> because I just said I have no chance. I mean, I've played. Well, Marvin's not here. So. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but we, we all well, have, you have a chance, a chance. Now. You guys are dancers. I, I merely play in the pit. You know, yeah. yeah, but you played for a long time. You play one on the radio. <laughs> yeah, so I decided not to do a ballet quiz. Okay. This is a nut and cracker quiz. Okay. Well, so now. It, it food is, now. Right. Food is, yeah. I yeah. just have a chance. <laughs> There's right. food, but there are also some questions about the actual nutcracker devices, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a little history there mm-hmm. and also questions about nuts. And questions about crackers. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Okay. Glad I like both. Yeah, it's totally unrelated to anything we're talking about today. Let me uh, pull up a little music here. Okay. It's got a little beat to it. All right. <laughs> so it's multiple choice, right? So, Natalie, you can relax. Okay. You don't, you don't have to come up with these out of whole cloth. Okay, the earliest known nutcrackers were made of what? Was it iron? Was it stone? Was it bronze? Or was it brass? The earliest known nutcrackers. That should be fairly easy. Natalie, you have a guess? Sorry, can you repeat the option? (laughs) (laughs) Iron, stone, bronze, or brass? I'm going to go with iron. (laughs) I'm going to go with stone. I was going to say stone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stone. I actually iron dates back to the 13th century in France. Stone goes back to 8,000 years ago across Ooh. Europe wow. and the US. Was that just um, a rock and another rock? Probably. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two rocks. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that's why I said it was pretty easy to figure out. Oh. But they can tell that it was a, a nutcracker because it has like a little depression to hold the nut in it. Huh. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's I'm archaeology. A lot already. Oh, this is this is an educational program. Okay. Yes, okay. Our, I'm not going first on the next uh, podcast. So no. <laughs> I have a better chance. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. here's an, here's another one. The Nutcracker Museum in Leavenworth, Washington, is home to over seven thousand specimens, probably one of the world's largest collection of nut opening devices. The museum has a mascot. What is the mascot of the Nutcracker Museum? Is it Carl? A six-foot-tall, beer-drinking, lederhosen-wearing nutcracker? Is it Kurt, a ten-foot-tall mouse with a crown that will eat anything you put in his mouth, preferably nuts? Or is it Clara, a beautifully ornate wooden carving of the ballet's heroine 
all made from one very large piece of wood. Carl, Kurt, or Clara? Which of those three is the mascot of the <laughs> Nutcracker Museum? This place sounds fascinating. I'm going to visit. Yeah. I've never heard of this museum. <laughs> Me either. I'm going to go with Kurt. Uh, Kurt, the 10-foot-tall mouse? Yeah. Nope, it's not Kurt. Gotta be Carl, the beer drinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say uh, Carl. Yeah. Yep. When I heard Carl, Carl German beer drinking, yeah, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, Lisa, you're cleaning up. Uh. Okay. <laughs> One more question in this round. Again, it has to do with the Leavenworth Nutcracker Museum. It, that museum was founded by Arlene Wagner, and Arlene Wagner was the very first guest on which comics late night TV talk show? Was it David Letterman, Jay Leno, or Conan O'Brien? She was the first guest. Oh. And this is a true story. You can see the you can see it online. It's either Letterman or Leno. Yeah, I would because say Letterman. <laughs> Letterman. <laughs> Leno. Leno. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, it was Conan wow. O'Brien. Really? When, okay. When he went to TBS. He had a contest as to who would be his first guest, and she was one of the options that they put up there as sort of a sort of a joke. But she won. <laughs> oh my gosh! So when she came out as his first guest, she came out waving, you know, the thunderous applause, and she kept walking and evidently walked out of the studio out onto the street, waving at people. <laughs> and that was her okay. appearance. That's hilarious. No idea. As the first guest, so you know, yes, educational podcast. We learn something new. Yes. Every time you listen to Toledo whether, Symphony Lab. Whether it's a value or not. <laughs> I hey, we never said that. And I didn't know that. I mean, this so. is going to come up again. <laughs> I yeah, feel so it. Yeah. Save it for next year. We, we never said We never <laughs> said that it was a, a value, the education <laughs> that we offer. We just offer fun little tidbits, fun little facts. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, tell us more about this production of Nutcracker. I, I know that uh, I was reading in the description here and you know being reminded of of the wonderful journey that the character of clara takes but you don't call her clara in this this production do you no we um we now are as a tribute to our beloved founder marie bollinger vote um we have renamed clara as marie so it still is hard for me even in rehearsals last night was still saying clara now it's clara marie is what i'm saying um, because I was Clara when I was very young, a long time ago. But, you know, around the world, originally, actually, the character was Marie. So, oh, really? uh, yeah. And um, then, you know, Marie had Marie Vote, and, and many other people around the world also have uh, the version of Clara, which is actually the lighthearted version um, that, that was changed. Um, there are two different versions. Obviously, the original E.T.A. Hoffman, the story is, is actually quite dark. But um, Marie Bollinger Vote. Uh, passed away in 2020 and um, she you know is so beloved by Toledoans um, the whole region of course all of us at the ballet and and those of us that go back so many decades with her that you know it was a nice way to just give a tribute to Marie and and um, her legacy yeah 
So does part of her choreography then survive in the, the current production? Yeah, actually my favorite parts. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> the Clara dance. Uh, they're not the party scene itself, but just the Clara dance in, in the party scene is Marie's choreography that, that I did when I was younger. So there was always something very special to that. And I brought it back when, when I first came back to Toledo. Yeah, I just couldn't see anything else uh, in that music, you know, happening, uh, uh, dancing to it. So that and the ginger snaps... The mother ginger, uh, the ginger snaps that come out and dance. That is hers. And then I brought back for our 75th anniversary, uh, Sweets, which is Marie's choreography. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, two pieces are hers and then um, that the small portion of the dance in the party scene. So when you work with dancers uh, year to year and you have these little bits and pieces of choreography that, that kind of remains, you know, as you go along, it, do you have students that, that know this stuff or that they've done it before and oh, then gosh. you yeah. kind of, you're bringing it back? Yes, they do. I mean, well, the thing with the Nutcracker, and I remember <laughs> this very clearly myself when I was little, is that it was so awesome to be able to see like every year you just get better and better and you have those pieces that choreography that you're like I'm gonna do someday you know <laughs> I always wanted to be yeah. a flute <laughs> I never got to be a flute because Marie had tall girls doing flutes mm -hmm. so um, that is one thing that I didn't get to do but it it's a rite of passage for these kids and they when I do change things or change choreography I mean they like it but there are a lot of them that you know they know the choreography they've been learning it for five ten years mm -hmm. you know and they finally get to do it and so to change it is is uh, not always welcome because they love that. They just love, yeah. you know, passing that. Well, um, you're in charge now, so you can be the flute if you want. <laughs> I can be, right? yeah. I don't think the audience would want to see you that. <laughs> jump in there. I mean, we have modern technology. <laughs> yeah, right. Put some, right. some lifts on you. and. Yeah, I'm just not putting point shoes on ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. No. You don't want it's to. A, it's a trade-off, I guess. A trade-off. Vanessa, what's your uh, uh, wish list for if, if let's say if you were a ballet dancer and no, you could do this production, no, no, who who no. would you like to do? This cues the anxiety dreams. <laughs> 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 I've played the Nutcracker so many times, and uh, around this time of year, I start to have dreams that instead of going into the pit, I have to go dance on stage, <laughs> oh. like I know it. And so which. <laughs> Which role do you have to do when you um, step up there? Either a flower or or a sh or a sugar plum fairy, and it oh. just terrifies me because, you know, when when I would play with Boston Ballet, we had this like funny thing where we would always try to guess who the sugar plum fairy was any given night by how fast the finale was, <laughs> um, because certain dancers would just you know whip out these fuetes at the end, so then I'm just it gave gave me heart palpitations to just think about it, so. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> for triggering that. Definitely, have a great night's sleep tonight. But yeah. I do, I do <laughs> love the Nutcracker. I'm one of those musicians that just never tires of it. I can play it 55 times, and and for many months of December have, and it just never gets old. I love Nutcracker. Yeah. It never gets old until January 1st. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yes. and then I'm yes. good till next October. Yeah. It's <laughs> like all the Christmas too. music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Then you have a little time. A little time off, so <laughs> we don't expect you to, to. We don't expect to see you on stage anytime soon. I guess is nope. what you're, what you're <laughs> that's, saying. That's At least no. as a dancer. No. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because dancers have the opposite dream. They they ha take you know joy in 
dreaming about that prized role uh-huh. that they always look up right, to, right, you know, yeah. Sugar Plum. <laughs> yeah. They'd be glad to step up there. I, I thought you were saying that the dancer has a dream where they, <laughs> they go woke the up and they, <laughs> have, oh, to no, play, not that <laughs> they have to play the French horn. That They're like, no. I don't, how do I even work <laughs> this <laughs> thing? Then they'll know really how long Waltz of the Flowers is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Exactly. That would be a nightmare, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a great French horn part, as we know, mm. in the Waltz of the Flowers. Yes, my granddad used to call it Waltz of the Fairies. Oh, Bless. That's sweet. R.I.P. There we oh, go. It's way Lovely too French slow. horn. <laughs> is it? It's yeah. too slow. I don't know. For dancers, it is, right? It's pretty <laughs> slow. Really? Oh, now this yeah. is interesting because you Can't know it, it, it's thought of in terms of like concert music that you would play without ballet right, dancers right. and then it changes obviously oh, very much you have to deal with the uh, the tempo of the the dancers as well right. very much yep. so this is too slow i can't really speed it up at this point That's but all right but how slow are we it's talking pretty close it's pretty close yeah no one two three one two three yeah. So what kind of what what <laughs> are the faster. now are there waltzing are there really waltzing flowers is that what they they're doing? They are waltzing and, and waltzing can't be too fast. You know you want the the petit allegro and all of those type of things to be fast, but anything grand, right. grand adagio, grand allegro, you know, it has to be. It, it just can't be too fast. Yeah, you're already above my pay grade with all this <laughs> ballet speak. All the all this allegro going. Allegro, allegro fast. fast. Yes. <laughs> and in yes. order to get your leg grandly high in right. the air, you need time to get it Or there. jumping. Yeah, <laughs> right. true, true. Yeah. Snow scene yeah. is one of those, too. Well, See, yeah. Yeah. A- another one of those things that always drove me crazy in concert recordings of, say, something like Russian, is that the orchestra in concert recordings just, you know, plows through to the end. And it's physically impossible for the man who's <laughs> dancing that role to, to do what he needs to do without a retardando at the end. So, yeah, I'm but it's fun to see him spin out of control crying, though, <laughs> no, right? No. <laughs> you know, there's no. a little bit of a... This is how injuries happen. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's why it can't be too fast. Well, speaking of injuries, let's do the next part of our quiz. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. All right. And, and here injuries we can leave this music on. <laughs> That's fine. So this is the nuts part of our quiz, Okay. okay. Um, the world's oldest tree food. This is the world's oldest example of tree food. Was it uh, pecans? Was it walnuts or macadamia nuts? Mm. Pecan, walnut, or macadamia. You get a one out of three chance here. What do you say, Natalie? Walnut. Yay! Wow, you're cleaning Yay! up. Yes. <laughs> walnuts were discovered in Iraq back in 50,000 B.C., Macadamia nuts, um, actually, they happened in Australia. Yeah, I was trying to read this here. (laughs) The macadamia nut, we think of it as being Hawaiian, but it was actually invented in Australia. Invented? (laughs) Discovered. (laughs) (laughs) Discovered, invented, you know, we we have... (laughs) Hey, I'm in charge. I can say that if I want. Um, it was brought to Hawaii in the late 19th century, where much of the world's supply is grown today. Okay. See, I'm fitting that educational podcast move <laughs> mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a good one. This is the only nut that contains vitamin C. The only nut that contains vitamin C. Is it chestnut, walnut, or pistachio nut? Ooh. Which one of those three? 
Anybody got a I'm clue? I'm going to say pistachio. pistachio. Mm, oh, not pistachio. Chestnut. Walnut or chestnut? Chestnut. Yay! Totally. Okay, she's got the nuts down. Chestnuts. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I would guess. Chestnuts, <laughs> if you want to get your vitamin C from nuts, you got to go with chestnuts, okay. right? It's the only nut you said with vitamin it's C? It's the only nut that has vitamin C in it, yeah. And, and hmm. Yeah. Chestnuts have a very, very different texture than most nuts. Mm-hmm. Very soft. Yeah, fleshy. you think of like roasting on it's an like open fire, right? Yeah. It's honestly it has a very similar texture to a date. Hmm. Yeah. I can't I believe that you're actually making awesome. me hungry for chestnuts. <laughs> we didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's a, it's close to lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Okay. Last uh last question for this part of the quiz. How many cities in the United States are actually named Peanut? Right? What? <laughs> There are, there are multiple cities in the United States that carry the name of Peanut. Like Peanutville? No, just Peanut. <laughs> just Peanut. Oh. I mean, there is an upper Peanut and a lower Peanut, but... Oh, it, right, but, but the peanut, city, yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. are there six of them? Are there 41 of them? Or are there 88 of them? 41. I would, yeah, I would say. Oh, um, man. Right in the middle. Six. Yay! Oh, Vanessa. Vanessa got it. You said it. in the world. No, yes. in the United States. Oh, in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh, well, that explains it. No, there's Peanut, California. There's Lower Peanut and Upper Peanut, both in Pennsylvania. There's Peanut, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I guess peanuts are really po- popular in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the alliteration. There's a Peanut, Tennessee, and a Peanut, West Virginia. Okay, so that should be six. Huh. No, there are 41 <laughs> Springfields, right? We yeah. know that Springfield is yeah. popular. Yeah. Can you guess what name goes with 88 cities in the United States? It's also the name of our capital city. Washington. Washington. Really? Yes, there are 88 different Washingtons. I know there's a Pekin, Illinois, and it's pronounced Pekin, not Pecan, not Pecan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not on the quiz. <laughs> Extra credit? <laughs> extra credit. I'll give you extra credit if you can name the third most popular name for cities in the United States. It's also another founding father. There are 35 of them. Jackson? No, but it's also alliterative to founding father. So it starts with an F. Franklin. Yep. Yay! Nice. Yay! There are 35 Franklins in cities in the United States. Okay, I've got another round of a quiz, but let's talk a little <laughs> oh bit more uh, before we do that. And let me pull up this music, and you tell me what it is. Ah. Mother Ginger. Yeah, that's Mother Ginger and her little clown children. Ginger Snaps. Clown children. Ginger Snaps, <laughs> whatever they are. Yeah, Ginger Snaps is nicer than I've heard it described yeah. different you ways. You sound even creepier than it already <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it's funny because growing up performing the Nutcracker and just being familiar with it as a young child, you don't even look at it as like a a creepy kind of scene (laughs) of what it what it actually is. It's just normal. (laughs) Which is the first part of the Nutcracker was as a ginger. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. some of the youngest of our cast members because they have to be small to fit under the. Well, explain what the Mother Ginger scene is 
for anybody who hasn't seen it and try to make it sound as non-horror film as possible, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you take this one. Make it sound as, as innocent and childlike as we can. Okay, so... Because uh, it is kind of creepy. It depends on how creepy. you do it. Mother yeah. Ginger is actually a man usually dressed as a female. and Well, that's not creepy. Not at all. No. <laughs> no, no. Um, but so, you know, she's up on this big platform and magically all of a sudden a bunch of little ginger snaps appear from under her skirt. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that could be creepy. Now creepy now we're on now we're on the, the path I, yeah. to Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah her skirt is very tent like, circus mm-hmm. tent like, which I guess is where the Yeah, but it's adorable. Of course um, it's adorable. It's not yeah. creepy at all. Guys. <laughs> so it, I know. it's actually inspired by a a tin of candies that was sold in Russia in the 1890s Hmm. Um, and it was formed in the shape of a woman wearing a large skirt and then the tin opened and all of these bonbons were inside so that's that's oh, kind I get of it. That, okay, that I take back all the yeah. creepy remarks. Yeah. Yeah. Not creepy yeah. at all. No. Very innocent. <laughs> it's just a, a bunch of bonbons <laughs> that that yeah. come out in the yeah. land of sweets. Exactly. Right? That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's continuing that theme. Yeah. So the Let's idea is that you get you get a prominent member of the community to come in and, and guest star. Mm-hmm. As Mother Ginger, you make them up. They put on the dress or on the the great big the platform or what have you. Yep. Yep. You've had I know Zach Vassar has done it. Zach fr- from mm-hmm. our show and yep. also from Toledo Symphony. <laughs> and uh, you've had the mayor Wade Kapsikevich has done it. Other people have done it. Michael and Lang has husband. done it. Michael, Michael Lang. Lang, yeah, Michael has done it. Mm-hmm. it I I assume he doesn't wear that. Outfit that get up at <laughs> outside the theater. Store, right. I'll right. take the fifth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. no, Just the makeup. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the makeup. You keep oh, the. We the had fifth. Dick Anderson, right? When yep. Yep. Dick, Dick Anderson did it in yeah. 2010. Yeah. And yeah. and you've just recently announced who's doing it this year, and there's you've got a slate of. Uh, impressive names here. You, you want to talk do. a little bit Absolutely. about this? Absolutely, yes. So let's see if I can go in order of the shows. So, uh, you know, we do a school production on Friday mornings at 11, and we're really excited about this Mother Ginger because as someone who's been working with us for a long time behind the scenes, taking all the photographs of the dancers and the musicians. So Robert Kumaro is, we're fulfilling a lifelong dream of his <laughs> to be a part wow. of the Nutcracker oh, production. So he is just very very excited um and then friday night we have thomas winston who is the president and ceo of the toledo lucas county port authority um as our mother ginger so that is very exciting we're honored to have him and then saturday afternoon we have the ceo of the toledo museum of art adam levine um, so that's <laughs> just really going to be fun. We have a great partnership with the art museum. So. Yeah. Has Adam done it before? I was thinking he would. I don't think it, so. Wow. Not I don't so, not think since so. I've been here, but Mm-mm. isn't he new to like to? I think he's, he's new to he, town. He he was here. He and was then here came and back. he went away. Okay. And he came so back. he's yeah. new in his role here, and um, so that's exciting. And then uh, Alex Gherkin is the president and senior banker for Fifth Third Bank. He will be our mother ginger for 7 p.m. on Saturday, and Fifth Third Bank is also our presenting sponsor for the Nutcracker this year. So we're very delighted that he was able to be mother ginger that evening. And then last but not least on Sunday afternoon, we have Steve Cavanaugh, who is the chief financial officer of Prometica. 
um, and he serves on our board as well as a number of other community organizations. And so he's delighted. We're all delighted. It's going to be really, really fun to have <laughs> all these yeah. mother gingers back with us. So. so to be a mother ginger, I mean, what, do you have to pass like a test? I mean, what are the, what are the qualifications <laughs> for gingerhood here? Well, Judy, our production manager, would, would say there's very specific um, requirements in terms of height and build because the costume, you have to fit the costume is what right? it is yeah. so um i think but you've had some very different physiques i'm thinking of mayor wade compared to mm-hmm. zach somebody like zach <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. that's a big yeah. difference there i don't know what do you guys think? yeah they just can't be too tall I, yeah. I had asked somebody a few years back and i didn't realize at that time that somebody that was like six five couldn't actually be up there. Oh, so. too bad yeah. for you, Brad. Yeah, because they're up on a platform. Now, so now, what do you do when you have to rescind an invitation <laughs> to be right. Mother Ginger? You're like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, or? I felt I felt terrible. Uh, but Send him a cheesecake or something. <laughs> our customer. Um, she said, Lisa, that's not going to work. It's 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 not safe. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I felt terrible. It's not so, safe now. Now I would have second thoughts about being a mother. So ginger our, no, no, no. It's very safe. Everybody, yes, relax. Right, six five. Our taller. mother ginger is on a platform, but some mother gingers are on actual stilts. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. have to be careful not to, st- you know, trip. Step on the ginger. Yeah, step on the littles underneath our skirt. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wow. more dangerous. This yeah. is not dangerous. You just can't be too tall. It yeah. sounds potentially terrifying, <laughs> but 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 your mother Ginger's not on on stilts. No, so. they're on a platform. No. Yeah, there, there's no uh, snap aside going on. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. No. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Um, when you work with these mother gingers, I mean, the choreography is set, right? It's what they what they have been doing for we some time. We give them parameters of, you know, they have a mirror, they have their powder puff, and basically, you know, you have to work th- with the props, and you have to wave to the ginger snaps that come out. And, yeah. you know, it can be campy, it should be campy, and, you know, there should be definitely a lot of personality involved in that. So, yeah. you know, ev- everybody's a little bit different, but those that's basically what they we give them, and then, you know, they just can't move too too much <laughs> um i remember one in particular doing a lot of uh a, a lot of dance moves up there and uh <laughs> it, it, he was fantastic but it's like okay dance moves too, like too much up there. yeah like like they were busting a move and busting <laughs> a move up there absolutely yeah. yeah and that's good but you just can't get too crazy physical with it but um those are the parameters that we give them just and you know a lot of personality yeah be crazy so, okay yeah i'm sure these guys how do you bust a move to this music right you'd be surprised <laughs> yeah. i see you There's dance in your chair yeah. that's good yeah but that, that's kind of like the the cossack you know w- dance where they put their legs up in the air uh-huh. kind of thing yeah that's as close as i get to official ballet speak that's yeah. right? uh yeah like this kind of thing so that feels very fast to me. Is that fast? Oh, yeah. That's Are you going to criticize the That's tempo of all my <laughs> music selections? Is that what's going on here? It kind of depends on the group of girls you have, right? Yeah. No, yeah. This is pretty good. You want it to be, this, this is pretty up there. Oh, right, because we have, this is candy canes for yeah. us. I'm, I'm used to it being yep. three yep. Russian yeah. guys. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, the, so okay. That makes sense. Lisa, I, I just, I want to, like, try to give a little bit of a backstage glimpse of what goes into making the ballet happen, what goes into creating the Nutcracker and bringing it to the stage. Can you describe what, what like a technical 
a typical day is for you and for the dancers like in the final week and the final preparation getting ready to put it on this weekend I mean what what's what's going on yeah well tech week is always you know our busiest week and, and before this week you know it, it's uh, evening rehearsals after classes so the dancers are you know uh, are there from right after school through at least uh, nine o'clock at night three nights a week and then two days on the weekend uh, long days but this week is is the um, the week that we are in the theater and it that in itself is so exciting but again it's right after school and we go through until 9 30 or 10 in the evening um, and you've got every, all of the pieces come together so the dressers the the techies um, making sure everything is is going you know uh, with fly rail and and all of the other things that have to be happening so it's all of the pieces coming together and just making magic happen. We all do our separate things before this week, um, especially the dancers, you know, we're rehearsing the steps and, and everything for so long, for so many months ahead. And then we get to this week and it's the culmination of like what we've been doing for the last few months. And there's nothing like that, but the, the whole team just comes together to make, to make the magic happen. And that's where it's really exciting for all Yay! of us. I just want to remind folks, we've talked about this a little bit in the past in other episodes of Symphony Lab, but um, this production on Nutcracker is really the the longest consecutive Nutcracker that's been on display in the United States. I mean, when you think about it, it's amazing that this has been going for, what, 80, 81, 81 years yeah, now? Yeah, 81st in yeah, Nutcracker. Wh- what's, how did it all come about in the first place? Well, Marie Vogt, as as a young, uh, actually, when she opened, when founded the Toledo Ballet School, it was 1939. She was still in high school. Wow. And uh, the visionary that she is, she had had known about the the score of the Nutcracker and the Nutcracker being performed in um, other countries, and it hadn't been performed here. And in 1941, two years after she opened the ballet she was able to secure a few of the pieces um, that she got out of Russia because they weren't releasing the entire score. And she just started that way in 1941, the first in the United States um, that we, you know, that we know of, but we are the, f- the longest consecutive uh, running Nutcracker in the country. And so from 1941 to, through today, I mean, you know, you just think about her getting that those few pieces of music in the beginning and then making it into the entire Nutcracker that it is the full length version now. And so that's yeah. pretty awesome for Toledoans. And I think we, I know we're all in this community extremely proud of that fact. Yeah. yeah, and tremendous and that's why legacy. It was, yeah, it was so important for us to to continue to stage it last year. We didn't right. want to ruin that streak. Yeah, <laughs> right. So we right. still are. Whereas most, com- you know, most companies last year did not perform the Nutcracker. So you know, I that was my my gift to Marie after she passed away. I knew that she would have done the same, or at least mm-hmm. you know tried yeah. to as hard as she could. And so now we still have that longest record, and now on our eighty first. That's wonderful. Well, folks can see it either in person or they can watch it online if they want. Mm-hmm. The performances are December 10th through the 12th at the Stranahan Theater. Uh, there's evening performances as well as afternoon performances on the weekend. You can find more information at ToledoBallet.com or 419-246-8000. I want to finish up today with the final installment of our quiz. <laughs> Um, this is the part that has crackers in it. We heard from nuts, right? And now equal time for crackers. And um, 
And then we'll finish it up with a Nutcracker quiz and sort of tie it all together. Now, what music should we play for this? Let's find something a little better here. Yeah, we haven't played this yet. That's the very first music, right? Mm-hmm. The opening. Would you like to know my opinion yeah. on the tempo? No. I'm <laughs> 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 kidding. Totally. <laughs> well, I, I noticed, you know, it was very subtle that Natalie and Lisa were bobbing their heads to the music, and you could see them thinking... Well, this tempo is, <laughs> you know. So what do you say? Too fast? Too slow? Well, this this is for the opening of people are coming to the party scene. Mm-hmm. For the so Christmas it doesn't party. really matter. So you can, you know, adjust it however, but it's really mo- mostly acting at this point. But. Yes, and I was yeah. not thinking actually tempo at all. I was thinking steps and uh, what, what is about to come. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You were reliving it in your... In I your, was, uh, yes. a little bit. Aww. It's good. I can't Sugar help plums. it. It's like it's good. automatic. <laughs> Dancing in their heads. Okay, back to business. All right. Um, the first cracker, not the first nutcracker, but the first cracker was made in 1792. And who made it? Was it a gentleman named John Pearson? Was it RJR Nabisco? Or was it John Harvey Kellogg? A, B, or C? Nabisco? Mm. Oh, oh well. I was going to guess that too. Kellogg? <laughs> what do you Vanessa? say, Vanessa? That's the guy, that's the guy nobody's heard from. You can't even remember his name, can you? Yeah. John Pearson. Pearson. John Pearson, who decided that he needed to create something that sailors could eat on the sea, so he mm. took flour and water and just mixed it together and baked it. Huh. Uh, that was his flash of inspiration. Is that to help with their uh, upset tummies while being at sea? It's just so it would last. Oh. So, you know, yeah. they needed food that would, you know, be <laughs> semi- they can't, they can't <laughs> make bread on the boat because they'd burn the boat down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad at sea. <laughs> exactly. It was called Pearson's Pilot Bread, mm. right? Or Sea Biscuits. They called them Sea Biscuits. Oh, also. Sea Biscuits. Yeah, that's, that's something different. Okay. <laughs> All right, second question. Where did the name crackers come from? Was it because of their tendency to crumble? Was it because of the noise they made while you were baking them? Or was it because of the ease with which you could break off perforated pieces? A, B, or C? I'm going to go with C. C, the perforated pieces? Yes. No, made that up. Okay. (laughs) Their tendency to crumble or the noise they made while baking? I'm going to go with the noise they made while baking. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Never made crackers before. <laughs> nope. Evidently, somebody was trying to make sea biscuits or whatever, and they burned them. <laughs> they burned them, and they crackled. Mm-hmm. And they went ahead and tried Aww. them anyway, and they were like, hey, these are pretty good. So because of the noise they made, they called them crackers hmm. to try to differentiate, you know, from all the other products that were out there. <laughs> Uh, Got to bring in some more music. Let's see. Uh, there we go. Who is known as the father of the Nutcracker? Mm. Was it Wilhelm Fuchner? Was it Franz Anton Ketterer? Or was it Friedrich Wilhelm Herschel? A, B, or C? Can you repeat those? <laughs> Who is known as the father of the Nutcracker? Was it Wilhelm Fuchner? F-U-C-H-T-N-E-R Fuchtner Was it Franz Anton Ketterer Or was it Wilhelm Or was it Friedrich Wilhelm Herschel A I, yeah, You're saying A. a 
Hey. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's right. It was a. Yeah, I was gonna say. I knew it was Wilhelm. Wilhelm Fuchner. Yeah, he he made the first commercial production of Nutcrackers. I got it mixed up with Wilhelm Herschel, who actually discovered um, Uranus, discovered the planet Uranus, and Franz Ketterer invented the cuckoo clock, or at least he was attributed with the invention of the cuckoo clock, but now they don't think that he actually invented it. See, going <laughs> down a, that road a, of education. A fun non-fact for <laughs> right, your right. Yes. Wednesday so, afternoon. <laughs> we all remember who uh, who was the father of Nutcracker, Wilhelm Fuchner. Okay. <laughs> Whoops, I keep hitting <laughs> that wrong one. That. Who won the quiz? Yeah, well, well oh. let's see. Nobody got the first one in this one. <laughs> Vanessa got one, and then Natalie and uh, Lisa both got that last one. And so I've got one, two, three for Lisa, one, two, three for Natalie, and one, two, three for Vanessa. Aww. Wow. Girl we're power. looking at Girl a complete, <laughs> a complete three-way tie there. That's Great it. job. Teamwork. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> so the Nutcracker is happening both for a live in-person audience as well as a streaming audience. That's at the Stranahan Theater this weekend, December 10th through 12th. You can find more information about all of these performances by going online to ToledoBallet.com or 419-246-8000. And this will be streamed on the uh, stream.artstoledo.com website. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, Tapa Streaming as well. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of our show as a podcast by going to our website, that's at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at toledosymphony.com and their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find the TSO's streaming platform online at stream.artstoledo.com. My thanks to Vanessa Gardner, Lisa Mayer Lang, and Natalie Froshauer. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.